Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. Please stand clear of the doors. Hey guys, run the monorail. What's, what's going on? Oh, the doors aren't opening. Oh my god, I gotta get out of here. Hey guys, I forgot my hammer at home. I'm getting claustrophobic. Don't worry guys, this isn't my first rodeo. Alex, hit the Black Sabbath. Let's do it. Welcome to episode 128 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. So before we kind of uh, get started with the episode today, Missy from Three Chicky Chicks, her husband passed away. So we just wanted to go ahead and send our condolences out to the family and our thoughts and prayers are with you. Today we will be giving the his on Iron Man. So what do you guys think about this movie? This is like the first movie in the whole MCU universe, right? Yeah. Super important. Changed the, the way we kind of, you know... You've, in my opinion, kind of how we go to the movies, how we view movies. It changed, changed like the whole movie universe, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, so what do you guys think about it, Alec? Um, I like it. I like it a lot. It's uh, it's a great movie. Like you said, it's the first of the MCU universe. And it really set a tone for them, which we get into the history. And I think it was a great choice, even though the fact that how they chose Iron Man isn't anything to do with it. It was a great choice doing Iron Man because I think it was able to bring in a lot of audience members um, to the genre that weren't really into the genre. Mm-hmm. And we're, gonna, we're, we're, of course, in the history, kind of get into that a little bit of some of the different options they could have went with first for the mm-hmm. first movie, right? When I talk about it. Uh, Chris, what do you think of it? Uh, for me, this is a top five Marvel movie, and I think it's probably the my favorite origin movie. Yeah, um, it's a good origin movie for sure. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I whenever this is on TV, I watch it. Um, it's just something that I need to watch every couple of years. It's just so good. Uh, when I when this movie first came out, I'm really close family friends with uh, somebody who owns a toy and collectible shop. And he told me, he goes, you know, Iron Man is coming out now, but then they're going to come out with, a, you know, a this movie, that movie. And it's going to lead up to an Avengers movie. And it was hard to wrap my mind around that back then, because I was like, wow, like there's going to be movies that are actually connected to one another. So it's kind of cool. That was I remember that memory uh, when uh, when this movie came out because he kind of hinted at me because he gets the toy catalogs and he knows what's going to be together and stuff like right. that. So it was pretty cool. And how old were you, Chris? This was 2008. <laughs> so I was in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's not too bad. OK, how about you, Jen? <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> so, so old. Um, I love this movie. And Alex is right, 100%, that this definitely, um, you know, the MCU really brought so much attention to, you know, these characters. And it just really, it, it's done such a good job. And Iron Man is the, you know, being the thing that kicked it off and just kind of grabbed everybody's attention. 
Um, and it brought all these people in to keep watching it. And then gradually, you know, this crowd built, I mean, how many people do you know that wouldn't have, you wouldn't have identified them as um, comic book fans or anything like that without the MCU. Like, do you know a lot of people? Because I, I know a few only because of my upbringing, but think about how many people in your social media that are excited for Marvel movies. And it all started with this one. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. And this is kind of a good one to kind of get and uh, start off our like, I went, we haven't done any Marvel movies. So this is our first Marvel movie. I think that we're actually going to do. And what a perfect way to do it is because, I mean, it's the first Marvel movie, right? But technically was not a Disney movie, was not a Disney product right. when it started because yeah, that sure. didn't come around until the first Captain America movie. And it was very subtle when um, it was just at the very end of Captain America, when it said music by Walt Disney pictures, that was the first like uh, real official notification that Disney was kind of taking over the MCU. Yeah. And I think you've wanted to do, you've wanted, you have been wanting to do a star Wars or Marvel movie. And I've been putting it off because Doing research for a Marvel movie, I feel like it's so much pressure because they're so like precious and there's so much details yeah. and so much information. Iron Man, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But I think as we get further in the movies, if we continue to do Marvel, it's going to get more and more because there's going to be more information on it because more you know eyes are going to be on the filmmaking itself. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to a point where I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much information. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Hey, guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the goof troop? Our Goof Troop is the best and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord, which is fantastic, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist, and overall just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to dizhiz.com and on the top, there is a link. You guys ready to rate it? Yeah. Oh, oh rubric, right? Yep. Go to the rubric. Oh, oh I, I have an official ranking for this on my IMDb profile, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> where is what? the rubric? You have an IMDb profile? Yeah, I rank all I rank a lot of movies on there. Let me see what I ranked it on there. All right. So we're gonna go over the rubric and of course we rate it. You have, you know, three the highest, two is good, one is not great, and zero is terrible, right? So, objectively, how well does this movie does its job? How well does this movie get you into the superhero feels? How impactful is it to making you, you know, want Iron Man to be successful and defeat his foes? So, you know, three points is best, two, one, and zero. Joe, what do you think? Oh, three. Three? Got me super excited. Super excited? But, yeah. You ready to join Marvel? I'm ready. Sign me up. Sign you up? Yeah, I can be the kind of the guy like that sits back and like makes the hammers. Makes the hammers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, Joe? That's I'm the hammer specific. guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to make the hammers. How about you, Jen? You just listen. It's a 10. So just That's not allowed. You don't even need to go through the rubric. So it's, it's a three? It's a three. Okay. How about you, Chris? So, Alex, when you put it in the way, like, how badly do you want Iron Man to defeat his foes? Well, he's fighting terrorists, and this is an anti-terrorist podcast. So I'm going to go with three, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good choice. And I'm going to go with one. No, it's a three. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it says, you know, the rubric says gold standard, and this set the gold standard oh, yeah. for Marvel movies. So you can't give it anything less than a three. Next Guys, is... I think that this is going to be the highest Alex ever rated something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Next is how badly do you want to watch it again? How bad 
Do you need to watch it one more time? Are you like a month after you're kind of itching your neck? Oh man, I need to watch Iron Man. So three, two, one, zero. How about you, Joe? A two. A two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. How about you, Jen? No, a three. It's like it. You like we start the Marvel. We start MCU over in this house all the time. So yes. Okay. How about you, Chris? It's a two for me because it's not something that I'm going to be like, I got to watch this all the time. Avengers right. is one of those movies that I'm like, you know, yeah. what, let me watch, let me rewatch Avengers. But Iron Man, although I love the movie, it's it's a two for sure. Yeah, that's good rating, too. So I'm a one. And what? that's because I don't rewatch movies. Okay. And the only reason I've seen it three times is because I saw it once in theaters. I saw it once again when it came out on DVD. And I saw it once again because I watched all the MCU movies in a row. Okay. I had such high hopes for you, and Alex. I don't plan on watching it again for a while. Probably when my kids are old enough to watch it, it's probably the next time I'll probably watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at least we have a at least we have a date, uh, kinda. Kind of. So three atmosphere. How well does it set you in that superhero mood? I guess. How well does it set you in the MCU universe? How well does it make you feel like you are in the movie, not just watching it? Uh, Joe. Oh, three. I mean, come on. I mean, it's like Iron Man. It's the first Iron Man. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jen? Three. Three? Okay. You know, you can say two if you want to. You don't have to say three. I already already put it out there. Chris? Like my kids. When something rolls out of my mouth, it is the gospel. I called it a 10. It's got to add up to a 10. Chris? Uh, This is a three. My mom had to replace a lot of doors back in 2008. And whenever she heard Black Sabbath come on, Iron Man, she she like she gets so mad. She just knew I was going to just break down the door when the uh, chorus came in. So you break down the door, the door. You said you had to replace the door handles or the door, the door. Oh, Oh, my gosh. She ran through the door. Yeah. I had my sister lock me in a room. I just said, don't let me out unless I can break through this thing. And I just turn on Black Sabbath and I and I beat it to the uh, to the uh, Iron Man song. Okay. True story. (laughs) Here's my memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's a two. It's a two for me. Okay. Um, okay. And the magic point. How special is this to yourself? You have a special memory um, uh, with it. And is it, you know, have that magic, magic thing? Yeah. I'm one for me. Definitely. One for you. Uh, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Chris? Uh, this is one for me. Yeah. I remember going to see the movie. I remember where I parked that day. I remember who I wow. saw it with. Yeah. You have a good memory. I do for the worst things. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about when I saw this movie. <laughs> you don't even know what happened yesterday. I do. Okay. I worked. Okay. What you What you eat for breakfast? Cereal. Okay. I eat. I eat the same cereal and same lunch every day. So <laughs> I don't have to. So remember he doesn't it. forget. <laughs> <laughs> and myself, I will give it a one because it is a special movie. And if you are ever going to watch MCU Universe, you have to start off with Iron Man. It's okay. So Jen overall gave it a nine. Just yeah. joking. She gave it a 10. Uh-huh. Uh, I gave it a nine. Chris yep. gave it a nine. And you gave it a seven. Yeah. Someone's how you to do it. Yeah. So That's what is rated on my IMD profile, by the way. I really? rated it a nine out of 10. Oh. Why didn't you rate it a 10? It's not perfect. Oh, yeah. Sure. Avengers is nah, pretty close. Avengers is pretty close. Avengers, I, I rated 10 out of 10. I don't know. I feel like they could have well, yeah, done more Avenging. More Avenging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the his on Iron Man. Iron Man is the inaugural Marvel Cinematic Universe film. The movie was released in 2008 and set the tone for all the other Marvel movies to come. It crushed the box office and supercharged the superhero genre, which became one of the most watched genres for the past 10 years. 
The special effects, quick wit, and story arc allowed it to enthrall even the least suspected superhero fan. Oh, I think for sure that this movie kind of, like kind of Jen was talking about earlier, it really got a lot more people interested in like comic movies and comics and, right. you know, Iron Man, the Avengers. It's really yeah. got people really interested because I, I was always interested in like Marvel. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't like really, really into it. Like I was into the whole, uh, you know, whenever I could, I would probably watch the cartoons, you know, type of thing. They were on TV. But this really brought it mainstream, right? When Disney got it, it brought it mainstream. Same thing with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I grew up a nerd. It's safe to say, play D and D, loved Star Trek, you know, uh, uh, Star Wars, any superhero thing. I loved it, but I definitely noticed when this came out and when more came out, it definitely brought you know people you wouldn't think. Like my wife, she's not a big you know superhero person, but she loves Iron Man and the, the movie. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't even like Captain America, but she loves Iron Man because mm-hmm. I mean Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in it, and the movie itself is so well done. You know, other than little things here and there that are outdated, I think this is going to hold up for forever. So it's interesting for me because my my background growing up is my parents were um, big comic book geeks. So it was not uncommon for us to go to comic book conventions. And this is in the 80s. And I've met Stanley probably more than once and a bunch of other people. I mean, this was just this was my life. So to see these kind of movies show up on the big screen, it was like, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, of course I liked them because that's how I grew up. But what was really kind of impactful was I, I remember one day I was eating lunch at a restaurant and a friend from high school had walked in and they were wearing um, some one of the characters MCU shirt. And it's somebody that I never would have expected would have been super excited about a comic book movie. And we were just talking for a second. And he was like, yeah, I can't wait for the movie tonight. It was whatever. It was a premiere for one of them. And that's when it kind of really made that big. I had that epiphany, if you will, of, oh, my gosh, you know, this is really huge, like so much exposure. It's brought so many people in. And this was the the big banger that just kind of started you know it had to be good and it was good that's the whole thing i think marvel has such a uh, unique way of just drawing in people who wouldn't normally be interested in uh superhero movies and i think that's where dc really misses the mark is dc goes all in on comic books all in on darkness which is really which is really like uh marketable to like comic book fans guys really in general because it's violence it's action I remember when uh, Emily and I first started dating, she told me I do not like action movies. And then we went and saw, you know, some MCU movies and now we're at every single premiere. So it's just they they can kind of yeah. cater to, you know, a five year old or a 95 year old. And then, you know, every every gender in between, because it's just everyone can go in and enjoy it. And it started with this for sure. Iron Man was a well-known superhero before Marvel Studios got their hands on him. Co-created by legendary Stan Lee, developed by Larry Lieber, and designed by Don Eck and Jack Kirby. This hero represented a very unpopular opinion during his creation, the early 60s. Stan Lee has even said he wanted to create a character that represented everything young people hated and shove it down their throats. And he did just that. Tony Stark represented an industrial profiteer. He represented war and the use of large ballistics to defeat one's enemies. Though Iron Man was in many comic books, TV shows, and games, He was never viewed as an A-list hero. In 1990, Universal Studios purchased the rights to develop an Iron Man movie for the big screen. By 96, 20th Century Fox acquired the rights, with Nicolas Cage interested in playing Tony Stark. 
followed by Tom Cruise. Later, Stanley was brought in to co-write an Iron Man film, which was rewritten in 1999 by Quentin Tarantino, who also planned on directing it. By 2000, Fox sold the rights to New Line Cinema, who began writing their own Iron Man film. In this script, there was a Nick Fury cameo, which was going to be used to set up his own film. By 2001, Fox was in talks with Joss Whedon to direct a future film. In 2004, New Line brought in more writers to rework the script, which would include the Mandarin as the villain, with Pepper Potts as the love interest. By 2006, the film fell through and Iron Man's film rights returned to Marvel. Marvel Studios hired Kevin Feige as an associate producer for X-Men, where his knowledge of Marvel Universe got the eye of Avi Arad, co-founder and co-owner of Marvel Studios. Kevin Feige became Avi's right-hand man, and during his years, he knows that Marvel still retained the screen rights to most of the Avengers. Feige pitched a shared universe where they could bring the Avengers together. Hey, Chris, so I remember you mentioning maybe, uh, I forget exactly when it was, but it was a couple episodes ago, and you mentioned about like Robert Downey Jr. We're talking about Robert Downey Jr., and this definitely re- rejuvenated his career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because he kind of plays himself, and I think that's why he's so good at Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark in the comic books was like a raging alcoholic in, in one of the story arcs, right? And you don't really see that in the movies as much, but you still have that kind of lifestyle that he lives kind of like just, a, you know, a playboy lifestyle. And Robert Downey Jr., like he just fits right in and he can kind of just um, over exaggerate his personality on the screen. And it just his sarcasm and his just his humor is just really hits it right on the mark. Could you even imagine I'm either sure Nick Cage or Tom Cruise? Can Tom. you imagine how different this would be? We would no, probably not would even be, be talking about this right now. Nah, Tom. Oh, I would pay a lot of money to see a Quentin Tarantino film starring Nicolas Cage, <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> oh man, that'd be interesting. It, it could be the multiverse. Yeah, oh, there we go. Oh never gosh. Say never. But uh, that's a lot to unpack there, Alex. But all the stuff you just said, because yes, look at all these names we get. First of all, 20th Century Fox, which is now Disney, so they yes. had the rights to at one point, right? So it was, I guess it was inevitable that it was going to come to Disney anyway. <laughs> um, Nicolas Cage, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is always in those articles, like the fun facts of like who was going to play Iron Man. Uh, Joss Whedon, who, um, who directs um, Guardians Joss of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, that's James Gunn. Joss Whedon was um, Avengers. I don't know. He was Avengers. Yeah. Adam so yes. Joss Whedon back then, what, 2001, he was, they, they asked him. So it's kind of cool how all these things kind of came together. And then right. even Nick Fury uh, was going to have a cameo in that movie. And he ended up having a cameo in the post credit scene, correct? Yes. So. so think about how all of this just, it's, you know, the stars aligned absolutely perfectly because any one of those variables could have had a very, very different outcome You're talking about with the multiverse? how this movie was produced or any of it. Yeah. And then also the introduction of Kevin Feige, who really, truly is what I would consider 100% the mastermind behind the MCU. Oh, yeah. Like, so, you know, here he goes, you know, he, he gets the shot and he takes it and he runs and he captures the attention of, um, you know, the owners of um, Marvel, right? That's what it was. And so he yeah. takes it and runs and proves himself. And here we are, you know, is this, is Marvel more profitable than Star Wars for Disney? That would be my question. That's a good question. I feel like, That's a good I question. I feel like it would be, but I don't know numbers. Well, because there's so much more, so many more movies. Right. And a lot less controversial. <laughs> Well, as of late well i have the number at the end for the mcu so if someone looks up the star wars we can compare it at the end let's get our intern chris on that <laughs> it's got well th- just just th- th- first of all think about it it's so star wars has had since the 70s to to make that's, money that's why but, i was wondering 
but Endgame was number one at one point for for biggest box opening of all time, yeah. right? And yeah. then and then I'm I I bet you that this new Spider Man movie is gonna be gonna be pretty close too. I mean, we're, I remember we were reading a list of like top ten like movie like making money and like Marvel was like six of the top ten or something like that. Like it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, so, that would be interesting that, to look at. Very. Marvel intended on kicking the series off with Captain America, but after Marvel performed focus groups with children where they described the heroes, and then asked which toys they would prefer to play with, the surprising answer was Iron Man. In early 2007, Feige was named president of production for Marvel Studios and quickly got to work on Iron Man. It had been announced a year prior that Jon Favreau was hired to direct the upcoming Iron Man movie. Jon and Kevin both noticed a trend, where Marvel would sell their characters to movie companies who would ignore the core fans and only focus on mainstream audience. Kevin had the experience of production companies turning down advice that would have helped keep character true to the comic books. John Favreau wanted to produce an Iron Man movie, which was more about the reinventing of Tony Stark, as he discovered a world that is far more complex than he knew. He decided to change the comic book origin from the Vietnam War to Afghanistan, so he could make the movie in current times. Before the screenplay was prepared, many actors tested to be Tony Stark. Sam Rockwell was approached by Favreau, but John's mind was changed when he saw the screen test of Robbie Downey Jr., he felt the actor's past made him the best person to bring light to the character who struggled with addiction and inner obstacles. Marvel wasn't too sure about Downey as the lead, but Favreau stuck to his choice and convinced the studio to allow him to make the movie he wanted. Marvel had difficulty putting together a team of writers to attack the script. Eventually, Marvel Studios hired the duo Art Markham and Matt Holloway to write the script while another duo, Mark Fergus and Hawk Osby, wrote a second script. John August would then take the two scripts and combine them for a final version. This script was then looked over by comic book staff, who gave advice to Favreau. That's, um, that whole technique there, I wonder if that's used anywhere else, to have two scripts, separate scripts written, and then combine, have someone combine them to make one movie. I think that's kind of, it's kind of genius, but then it's like also like double the work, you know? It is interesting, yeah. It worked, I guess it worked for this movie. It didn't work, speaking of Star, it didn't work for these the Star, latest Star Wars trilogy when they had one person write the direct the one movie and the next person direct the other and mm -hmm. left left uh, open-ended questions that were answered by the next person that were then changed in the third movie. So I guess I guess the people that they had working on this team were just kind of, had the same vision. Right, yeah. I probably had like an outline to go by, maybe. Maybe some key points to fit in somewhere. Well, you, but you know, it worked in the, with the Harry Potter movies. Do they do the same thing? Well, it's just different directors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, but they're going off a novel, so they have yeah, like a they have like true. a blueprint. Yeah. Well, they're going off the comics loosely, though. Yeah, very super loose. loosely. Yeah, yeah, but books versus comics. I mean, there's hundreds of yeah. you know issues yeah, yeah. of the comics, and then there's the spinoffs and all of that. I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot of content to kind of uses reference so, so what do you do you think it would have been better if captain america was first no i don't think mm -mm. captain america is as cool as tony stark he is not as cool or flashy as tony stark mm -hmm. which is a big seller for some people and then like my i said my wife she doesn't like captain america if captain america was the first hero she would have nothing to do with it and she may never have been yeah. interested in mc you're right ever. and you know but captain america he grew on me like i wasn't like when i first watched like the Captain America movie, you know, it was kind of like, it's good, but I mean, Iron Man is definitely a lot better, right? Yeah. But now, as I watch the whole series, his character definitely grew on me, right? And he's probably one of my favorite now, but he wasn't at the very beginning of the series. But do you like how he develops as a character? Yeah, like, I like his character arc, I guess you could right, say. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Here's one thing, though. Um, spoiler, both of them are dead. Uh, 
did you did you guys were you guys no, upset? They're not. Were, no, they're were you not. guys upset when Iron Man died? Listen, oh my god, I can't even no. listen to the music, dude. Oh. So, like, no, I had yeah. no emotional ties at all. Are you so, kidding? Oh, wait, are we surprised? Asked. Yeah, no, are you surprised? Are we surprised? <laughs> wait, I want to know. You guys know I bawled like a baby. Joe, you were with me. I was with you. And the guy next to me, who I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> like, I don't even know why he was sitting next to me. But we were all, first off, going to see the Avenger movie was awesome, right? And everyone was just, it was like yeah. opening night. It was so so cool to have that energy. I didn't know the guy who was sitting next to me. I guess I was just, I don't I was that one person that had to sit next to someone. They didn't know. And he was bawling. <laughs> I mean, it was sad. So my, my follow-up question is, is Captain America dead? And if he is, who ca- do you care? No, I don't care if Captain. he did, is because, he, you know, he lived the rest of his life the way he wanted, I guess. Yeah, it was cool. Right. Yeah. So it's not a big deal, but I don't think he is because, um, you know, he's Cap. Well, he, he, he got a happy ending and Tony didn't. That's the difference between the two. He saved everyone. That's a pretty happy ending, kind of. Yeah, seeing your daughter he not grow up is a great happy ending. He saved everyone. He Come did. on. He, and you know what? I mean, for an egocentric person, I guess that would be the ultimate. But you can't even and like he... <laughs> relish in the spoils because you save the world and then boom, you're dead. And he did do it in an egocentric way, too. And that's, that's, what, that's what made makes his character so awesome, right? Is that he, we He's all... willing to kill himself to make a point? No, but no. <laughs> no, that he killed himself. He, everything was all about him. He's so egocentric, right? Yeah. But he gave up everything. He gave up him, himself pretty much for everyone, right? Which did is you kind... see that quote uh, in... Oh. I don't know if it was Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm I'm so glad that I had it prepared for this episode. Um, it was Tony. Tony says to Cap, he goes, everything that makes you great was born from a test tube. And then yes. Cap says to Iron Man, uh, to Tony, he says, like, um, you're you're not a team player and you'd never take one for the team or something like that. Yeah. And and then both of them in Endgame kind of went full circle and and cap you know he should prove that he was worthy enough to to hold uh, me on air and or i've uh, just butchered that's it's like m-l-j-o-n-a-r yes and um and then iron man you know made the ultimate sacrifice so it was really cool to see uh both of their character development so yeah both of them had great character development but yeah if iron man came or if uh if captain america came out first who's running to see a, a guy with a shield like i'm running to see a robot guy shoot lasers yeah. out of his hands you know yeah, what you're I mean? right, 100%. And no, they were talking about uh, Captain America and Iron Man, right? And how their characters like arc, you know? Captain yeah. America, at the very end, he he pretty much did something very selfish. And like, that's true. Right, right? He did yes. defy everything that they, so, so they, <laughs> they said they were going to do. <laughs> they kind of swapped, right? Kind of almost the way, which I mean, yeah. he should have done, done it for himself. He gave up a lot, you know? He sacrificed a lot. But at the very end, Cap did the selfish thing in a way. And Tony Stark, he, he made the sacrifice. Uh-huh. Where was the TVA when when Cap decided to go back? Never mind. So <laughs> God, <laughs> the villain choice for Iron Man One was hard for writers and John to decide on. The Mandarin who appeared in Iron Man Two is Iron Man's nemesis, but they felt he would not feel realistic the way he is depicted in the comics. The decision to pivot to Obadiah Stane as the villain of the first movie wasn't decided until after Jeff Bridges was cast. The writers plan on bringing Stane in as Iron Man's villain in the sequel. The rest of the cast was rounded out with Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts and Terrence Howard as Rhodey. Somewhere between the script and filming, Favreau unlocked a Marvel formula that made Iron Man a huge success. The film's greatness starts with great cast that can stay true to the characters. The writers have to add humor to the script and stay as canon as possible. They discovered that the female lead should be strong in her own right and hold feisty banter with the hero. The script also needs to be written in a way that allows multiple storylines to intertwine. 
The villain is best when representing a dark mirror of the protagonist, and you cannot forget the Stanley cameo and post credit scene that teases future movies. This formula runs deep in the MCU, and a blueprint was discovered with Iron Man. Production began on March 12, 2007, with Stark's Captivity, which was filmed at Lone Pine, while exterior shots were filmed at Olanka Sand Dunes. There, crews had to endure two days of 40 to 60 miles per hour winds. These first days were crucial to the film because Favreau wanted to show the construction of the first suit. He wanted Tony to be viewed as an artist who uses intelligence instead of pure power or agility like other heroes. Academy Award-winning special effects and makeup artist Stan Winston built a metal and rubber version of the Mark I, which looked like it was built from spare parts. So let's talk about casting first off, because as far as casting in this particular movie, I feel like everybody hits their mark except for Terrence Howard. I did not like him as Rhodey. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, you know, it's so hard for me to even picture him as Rhodey because the other guy's Rhodey. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You know, it's like even, he owns it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even, when I what think of Rhodey, <sighs> I don't even think. Don Cheadle? Yeah, Don yes, Cheadle. thank you. <laughs> I don't even think of the other guy, really. And when I watch the first Iron Man, I kind of, he he's there on the screen, but really, no. I wish they could do a thing where they just, like, take him out and put Don Cheadle in and just fix <laughs> and that first shoots. movie. Do that. Uh, just CGI what it. What was it? The the George Lucas thing, right? Do face swap. That they did, face or swap. Steven Spielberg. What they what did they do when they re-released Star Wars and they changed The end of uh, Return of the Jedi, they put Hayden Christensen instead <laughs> of... Uh... Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. So Lone Pine is a pretty cool place that we have frequented many times. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, one of our favorite places and actually one of our stops, we are hoping to go back there um, in December when we go to California. But it's really cool. It's it's crazy that it's just a couple hours away from Los Angeles, but it really, truly is just this like desolate. It's the foothills of um, Mount Whitney. And the fact that it's so rich in film history and so many things are filmed there. And it's one of those, like every time we drive through there, my husband always says the same thing. You know, this is where they film the beginning of Iron Man, right? <laughs> filming eventually moved to Edward Air Force Base in mid-April. During filming, Favreau decided to allow his actors to improvise lines in order to give the film a more natural feel. Multiple shots were done frequently, since Downey wanted to say something new each time. Bridges described filming as an expensive student film. Jeff Bridges and Robert Downey would sometimes switch roles for rehearsal to see how their own lines sounded. Interior shots of the Starks' home were built on the former Hughes Company's downstage at Playa Vista. This was fitting, since it was the same place Howard Hughes built the aircraft H-4 Hercules, and now they filmed Tony Stark, a character based on Howard Hughes, building his Mark II and III flying suits. These Iron Man suits were designed based on comic book artist Adi Granov's drawings, and he even came on board as a consultant. Stan Winston built an 800-pound animatronic version of Stane's evil suit, the Ironmonger. It required five operators just for the arms. It was built on a gimbal in order for it to simulate walking. While filming, the crew conceived of a post credit scene featuring Nick Fury, They called Samuel L. Jackson for the role, since his likeness was used for Fury in the comic series Ultimate Marvel. There was no deal for Jackson to appear in other movies, and two versions of the scene were filmed. The one used in the movie, and also another version where Fury references Hulk, Spider-Man, and the X-Men. This version was not used due to legal problems with Sony Pictures and 20th Century Fox, owning rights to the characters. Filming concluded on June 25, 2007, and Favreau even announced that he was shocked it ended on schedule. Favreau hired Industrial Light and Magic to create the visual effects, 
He hired them after seeing their work in Transformers and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Iron Man debuted on May 2nd, 2008 in America and quickly became a smash hit. It won many awards and grossed over $500 million. It spawned a Marvel Cinematic Universe, simply known as the MCU. In 2009, Disney purchased Marvel for $4 billion. Since their purchase, Marvel has released over 20 MCU films and has grossed over $23 billion worldwide. Chris, you got that number for us? Four, I was just going to say $4 billion is not a lot of money. Like, look at, like, Disney was like, Disney had to think that they robbed them. Yes. $4 billion. <laughs> and, and, but also, $4 billion in 2009, so they see, they see Iron Man. It's like, all right, we've seen enough. Yes. They're like, Although, they're like $4 billion. Dollars, so, so, okay, $500 million, right? So they're, va- <laughs> Disney gave them an offer of, they evaluated, they gave, they gave the whole MCU, about, or the whole Marvel evaluation of what? Eight times what Iron Man grossed? And, and Marvel took it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't that kind of crazy? No, that's well, not crazy. It's, it's a legacy. It's a legacy that continues. I mean, we're going to go all the way back to Disney and Disney's eye for seeing things so that the legacy within the company continues on. And that was a huge, huge risk. But I guess, you know, seeing the movie and, you know, the masterminds behind it, you have that dream team there of Kevin Feige and John Favreau, and they know what's coming. So, and look at the return on investment, you know, four bought it for 4 billion and then has grossed 23 billion. That's crazy, wow. man. That's so much money. And it's still, and it's still growing that money. I mean, right. Yeah. So I'm looking up the star Wars genre uh, franchise and it says here over 10 billion, which yeah, is I, not I, a lot. You're right, Alex. I pull, I think I pulled up the same article as you. Yeah, I don't total worldwide. The fact that you just say over ten billion doesn't really make sense because oh, I, it's ten point three two billion, and Marvel is twenty two point nine three. The thing is, is it adjusted two, for inflation? No, because from two thousand nine to today, yeah, twenty two point nine three billion is not the same as Star Wars because it was all over the place. Yeah, I definitely have to take uh, inflation into it. That's for sure. But this was a um, this was a Bob Iger purchase, right? I don't know. That's a good question. I think I feel so. like it was because that so. was, you know, his legacy was acquiring all of these, you know, production companies, Star Wars and Marvel and all of these things. So there was something else. Oh, I know what I was going to bring up. The end scenes, right? Mm-hmm. No other, no other movie franchise does end credit scenes, right? They Marvel started this. I, I don't, I think it, it's I probably in other movies, did. but this is the one that everyone always knows about. I mean, that's how you can truly tell who is a fan of the MCU versus not in the theater. We just went oh. through this with Eternals, which had two end credit scenes. Oh man! And so you see, you know, you see the first ones jump up at right at the end, and they're out of there, and you're like, whatever, <laughs> losers. No idea what you're missing. <laughs> and then there's, you know, your first end credit scene, and then a handful of people left, and I was kind of surprised because it was it was out there already that there were two. So um, I was kind of surprised people left in between the first and the second one. And you know what? I, I read somewhere or I heard somewhere that they they extended their credits to be longer, knowing people oh, were going to sit through really? it. Yeah. <laughs> and looking through, I, I looked up, you know, what movies have end credit scenes. And the first one was in 1966, but that's, that's beside the point. Looking at like the 2000s movies, there's a lot of Disney movies that have end credit scenes. Yeah, so the I Marvel movies. If that's where they... Huh your inspiration from <laughs> your alex said the marvel movies Duh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what ones does it say 
Yeah, does it have any There's examples? a bunch. I mean, uh, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille. Oh, um, wow. Do they? Oh, yeah. Do I, yeah, like maybe? little things. Really? Because I know like Toy Story had like, you know, extra scenes or, you know, like I don't the know about toy bloopers, yeah. you know. Which Remember I think is hilarious. Nemo, weren't they like? Wasn't at the end of the credits? It was all the uh, the the fish tank gang in the in the plastic bags. Like, all right, now what? Oh yes, yeah. that, that, yes, it was. Yeah. You're right. Lilo and Stitch was just photographs and characters. But like, there's um, yeah, there. I mean, there's uh, 101 Dalmatian because this scene shows Thunderbolt and his TV show with Patch and other Dalmatians. Oh. They're chasing. Like, there's a bunch of like uh, little you know end credit scenes. Hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack the monkey takes a coin from the treasure and is affected by the curse. So I guess that was foreshadowing. Okay. That was back in 2003. Wow. So maybe hmm. that's maybe they were like maybe they wow. liked that. And you know, since it was the um well, I guess it wasn't the same studios, but um, you know, nonetheless they they continued it. So quick fire, quick check. Let's go. The general perception in focus groups was that Iron Man was a robot. So Marvel released three animated short films ahead of the Iron Man release. These shorts were called Iron Man advertorials. Robert Downey Jr. earned $500,000 for the role of Tony Stark in Iron Man. Favreau felt it was important to include intentional inside references to for fans of the comics, such as giving two fighter jets the attack Iron Man, the call signs of Whiplash 1 and Whiplash 2, a reference to comic book villain Whiplash. Grody's ringtone for when Tony Stark calls him is the Iron Man television series theme song. In Iron Man, Jensen mentions they met years earlier in Switzerland, but Tony has no recollection of the encounter. In Iron Man 3, we actually see this interaction and understand why Tony doesn't remember their meeting. Favreau rejected the East Coast setting of the comic books because many superhero films had already been set there. A giant neon Roxxon sign is seen in the final scene between Iron Man and Iron Monger. This is a fictional petroleum industry that is a consistent opponent for various superheroes. Before becoming the leader of the Marvel Universe, Iron Man became a villain after the Civil War comic book series. In 1981, a 16-year-old Robert Downey Jr. served one day of suspension from high school after snatching a comic book from the hands of a classmate and ripping it to shreds while calling him a nerd. The comic book was The Invincible Iron Man. That's pretty cool, huh? That's crazy. You know, so I want to say, like, disclaimer, like, allegedly, because I could not find any, like, hard proof of this, but I found multiple websites stating this as a fact. So I did add it in here. It was like The Onion... Uh, Reddit and Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't tell me where I get my information from. And also, this says Robert Downey Jr. earned five hundred thousand for the roles Tony Stark. That may be how much he paid, but he also got money for. I think he got like incentive money as well, like residuals or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't sound like very much. No, but yeah, he had a, he I had mean, like a deal. I mean, that's a great amount of money. Don't get me wrong, but uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this is for how much money the movie made. Yeah, it's like it's. Like I would have turned it down. we hear does his love the movie iron man it was the first for the mcu and started a comic book hero revolution we are also happy that disney was able to see the potential in this franchise and purchase marvel disney is now able to produce more mcu movies and none of it would have been possible without the amazing iron man movie ever roll out of bed and feel like being a little bad Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company has you covered with their Villain Wax Melt line. The Sea Hag Melt will have you wanting to use that body language like Ursula with its bouquet of roses, lily, lilacs, and sweet violets with undernotes of musk. If you feel like you're going to have a meltdown like Hades, throw in the Wax Melt Ruler of the Underworld, which will fill your home with smells of lavender, rosemary, lemon verbena, cinnamon, coriander, leather, 
amber and hints of smoke. Or, if you just feel like you are just the evilest one of all, get yourself the Mistress of Evil Melt. These Maleficent-inspired melts will release a woodsy scent with its crisp pine needles, white fir, clove, patchouli, oak, and sugar pine. No matter how you're feeling, make sure to visit MagicallyScented.com to purchase a wide range of wax melts, candles, and room sprays, all made by three cheeky chicks. There are plenty of holiday sales that will allow you to buy any smell that fits your attitude. That's three cheeky chicks at MagicallyScented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. This is this is Review. Review. So what do you guys think about Brave? Uh, I mean, I think I think it is a very underrated movie. For sure. Yeah. For I, sure. I think when you think about Disney movies, right? Ratatouille, I think, is a very underrated Disney movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this one's right in it. What do you guys think about this movie? Uh, Alex? Um, I, I like it a lot. I've seen it a couple times because my daughter likes it. And I don't know if you've seen the Mordor. Uh, sh- Mordor. Mordor from like Lord of the Rings? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mordu. The Mordu oh, okay. short on Disney. Um, that came out, I think this year, it's pretty good. I like the art style, but the, the movie I think is really good. And I think brave is a great role model for girls, uh, kind of in a sense like Pocahontas and, uh, like, um, the girl from star Wars, the newer one, I don't know her name, Ray, Ray, kind of like the independent woman who can kick anyone's butt and stuff. Um, so I think she, it's a great Pixar movie. Okay. How about you, Jen? Cause I feel like this movie would, uh, kind of touch, uh, re- kind of um, touch a nerve. Yeah. I guess you can say, or like kind of, you know, <laughs> she doesn't like bears. You. Yeah. She doesn't like bears. She's scared of bears. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> um, so it's funny because no, when it came out, you know, it was, um, I can't, what year did it come out? I don't even know. I feel like my daughter was younger. Um, so you're thinking about it. And just like you said, Alex hit the nail on the head. It's definitely a, you know, independence teaching kind of movie. And, um, I love that aspect of it, but of course, you know, the mother daughter conflict that kind of stings a little bit when you revisit that later in life, but you know, Uh they all come back around. That's true. Cause now Nat, Nat, she's like always at your house, right? I got a, I get daily texts of mom. What do I do with this? Mom, how do I do this? What do I do with that? What would you do? So. So you're kind of like living the movie once again. I am. I am. (laughs) Okay. How about you, Chris? Is a brave is one of those movies. That's uh, I think, let me think that was one of the first movies. I guess it's not one of the first movies because you had Aladdin and stuff like that, but it was kind of when you, we got a cool, uh, dive into a different culture that we don't usually see yeah. uh, on the screen. I think that Disney and Pixar does that best. And uh, I don't know. I feel like that was one of the first movies where we really dove into that because then we got, um, you know, in the next few years, we got Moana, we got Raya. Uh, so it was kind of cool. I feel like this was just one of those um, just kind of good educational movies on on culture without even knowing. So that's what I liked about it. I think a big difference is the accents. Like a lot of other movies don't have any accents. And this one has all that the accents true. in it. Yeah. What are you talking about? What what do you mean? What am I talking like about? Coco, right? No, but before, before Coco. Oh, okay, before. okay, okay. And yeah. e- and even oh, Coco is what the one other movie you can name. What other movies do they have accents 
like all the people have an accent. How about that new one with like the um, Luca? Yeah. Oh my god! Stop naming movies coming out in the last couple of years. <laughs> I know what you're talking about before. Leon Stitch. Do they have accents in Leon Stitch? Yeah, the, uh, the alien. Oh, it's Aladdin alien. had an English accent. <laughs> yeah, that that's sense. true. Yeah, but so my who are your favorite characters in this in this movie? I love the three little boys. Okay. How about <laughs> you, uh, Chris? The bear, because uh, he was Which my favorite bear? character in Mordu. Oh, Mordu? Why? Because he's my favorite character in that game that we played, that we used to play. <laughs> what game? The, the, the mobile app. game. The mobile game. Oh. He was <laughs> a, a good nice character knockout. in that game. He had a nice and, um, Disney Source. <laughs> Disney Source yeah, Arena. Arena. Yeah. He, had, he had a good taunt. He had a good knockout. Yeah, he was a good character. Okay, how about you, Jen? You know, I kind of like King Fergus. Yeah. Yeah, me. That's my favorite character. Is that the just which one's King big Fergus? and imposing, goofy? The main her her father. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. I also like the other kings. Oh, that's my favorite part of the movie, man. It's at the very beginning, they all yeah. start fighting. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Mordo is kind of misunderstood too. <laughs> is he? <laughs> is he? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I've never Why? seen this movie, and I was hoping you'd be like, yeah, you know what? He really was. <laughs> I did not get to uh, to watch. I was like, "What movie, movie were you watching?" This like, did we miss like the end credit scene? <laughs> if you like Mordu so much, you should watch this new short that's out. The Mordu short? Yes, I will. It made a short. It's good bear. Check us out on Weeby Geeks, a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content. Just head over to WeebyGeeksBC.com. That's WeebyGeeksBC.com. And listen to all the other awesome podcasts, as well as Diz Is. Do you need to go on a trip? Do you hate the hassle of organizing a vacation? Well, say Hakuna Matata and call Matthew over at Travel by Chewy. He is an expert who can arrange itineraries from a relaxing Hawaiian getaway to an exciting theme park adventure. The best part is his services are free. Call him at 507-261-9773. That was 507-261-9773. And just let him know Diz has sent you. Okay, Chris, we're going to start one. we're going to start with you, man, because you had a special a little special event that that you did uh last week. I did have a little special event, Joe. You're right. Yeah, what was it? I I got married. What? I, I am uh yeah, I am married now. It's pretty did awesome. You, did you change your name? Um I did. I did legally I took Emily's last name. So I have to change I, I I have to do all this social security stuff and go to the DMV and stuff like that. We kinda talked no, about it. Really it really sucks. I kind of feel bad because oh, I know. through all this paperwork and it's like I'm just sitting here. All I have to do is wear a ring now. That's it. So I how, did do something in the week of Disney. <laughs> all, all things all, all things. <laughs> so what uh how did it go how was the wedding chris well the wedding was great um i'm gonna did you plug the show i did um at yes, the end i was you? just like this is podcast and everyone and then the these the, the uh, official was like what'd you say and i looked at him straight in the face and i said "Diz his podcast and everyone subscribe i had everyone subscribe did you <laughs> so, did you have like your a qr code in the back of your uh you know shirt shirt that was the party favor oh. it was just they, oh, yeah, when everyone left, they just got a pamphlet with the QR code. Dang, uh, we, to the show. we really missed the opportunity. <laughs> more right confused, there. but it was Listen, fun. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly, exactly. It was uh, it was a beautiful day. It was everything that we imagined. Um, 
the Disney aspect to it. It was not even something that I had asked for, but they did anyway. And it was really cool. So um, very stressful day, obviously. Um, it was so stressful that I got there at 12 o'clock. The ceremony didn't start till three. I, me and my best man went home and I just hung out with him in my house for two hours <laughs> and got there 15 minutes before the ceremony started. Got, I, I took all my like my tux off and everything, got into regular clothes, just hanging out. Did you really? So then, yeah, Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, yeah. I had to get out of there. So went back. And then when I got back there, um, we're, we're all lined up for, uh, for the ceremony. And I, this is not Disney related yet, but um, the song that I chose to walk down the aisle from a groomsman and me to walk down to was Welcome to Jurassic Park. It was the song that plays when they land in the island. It was amazing. But before that, I didn't even ask him to do this. I don't even know how he knew we liked Disney, but they had, um, they had like instrumental Disney music playing before the ceremony, which was kind of cool. Like oh, it was a, nice. uh, it was a cool touch. So I think like a dream was a wish your heart makes was oh, playing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was like, I was, I was shocked by that. Cause I never told him that we liked Disney or anything, but he, it was a really cool touch, um, that he played before the ceremony, which is kind of cool. So. Okay. Well, did you do anything else? Like, did you go on your, come on, man. Did you go on your honeymoon to Disney? I wish, man. Our honeymoon was, uh, was, uh, very short. We went to, uh, Philadelphia, we went to brunch. <laughs> And then we went back to work. <laughs> now it was, uh, we just, our work schedules are crazy because we both in education uh, or centered around education. So it was really hard to get off from work. So we are going to uh, do a cruise. Um, I guess it's Disney related because we are leaving out of Florida. So. <laughs> and aren't you guys coming, you guys are coming down here in a couple months. We are. Yeah, we are. Uh, April, we're coming down uh, and we're going to hang out with you guys. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot of fun. That's so yeah, we are coming down in April. Me and the old ball and chain. <laughs> um, we're, we're gonna be divorced by next week because i keep just saying that that, that, that phrase every uh every like uh, the old the old lady yeah don't say that <laughs> and we're hopefully I'm still learning it's hope- my first time <laughs> it's your first <laughs> when we're hopefully gonna go to ohana that's that's our goal is that uh, yes. we're all gonna all meet up at ohana and yeah, Joe's texting me on our wedding nights, asking for the dates to make the reservations oh my for Ohana. <laughs> I am not talk- texting you on your wedding night. I was not. I gave you like the, the next day, the next morning. You gave, me, you gave me 24 hours. I it did. 24 hours. Very generous. Okay. So, you know, Chris was w- busy with his wedding. Oh, he didn't have enough time for to do anything Disney. Alex, what did you what did you do in the world of Disney? Okay. Do you hear that? Yeah, that notepad. Is, notepad. I writ- wow. I've written stuff down. I wrote, I wrote it down right before the episode started, but I wrote it down. So um, right before we came out here, actually, we were watching uh, Dookie. You know Dookie? <laughs> Dookie? <laughs> Dookie? Dookie? <laughs> we were watching uh, Doogie Kamaloha, and uh, it's, you know, it is a great show, actually. Really? We watched a couple episodes before, but we watched a few more, and it's hilarious. It's it's a really good show. I recommend it for everybody. It's it's very good. And um, we watched live-action Jungle Book recently. They were actually watching it as I left, but I started it last night with my How daughter. How was it? It's good. I've seen it a bunch of times. I've seen it like three times now. Um, but so, so you're not going to watch Iron Man. You're uh-huh. like, Iron Man one time. Yeah. I'm going to watch it in 15 years when my mm-hmm. kid's old enough. Right. <laughs> Jungle Book, you're watching a whole bunch though. Well, yeah, because I okay. watched it when it came out. I watched it when it came on DVD, and I'm watching it a third time with my daughter. Okay. So, um, you know, I... I didn't think Jungle Book was that great when it first came out, but rewatching it again, it's actually pretty decent. You know, of course, the cartoon is 10 times better, but, you know, live action is pretty good, too. And Directed by? I don't know. Tim Burton? John Favreau. Oh. Is it really? 
Oh, yeah. yes, it is. Oh, wow. And, you know, Bill Murray's Baloo, which I just was hearing yeah. on the way out. And um, another thing we did was my wife, her friend, bought my kids some thing from Walmart called these Disney Junior Biggest Blind Bags. And I just posted oh, wow. images in member chat of these blind bags. They are ginormous. My kids wow. are regular size people. They're not tiny. So uh, <laughs> this is just what it would look size. like beside me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, inside was like nine mystery things. Now, FYI, they got the same exact items. So it's not that mystery. You know, you know what you're going to get. But I guess it's blind bag because everything is concealed by itself. And um, they really liked opening it. And it had some cool items. And it was only $10 at Walmart. That's pretty awesome. That's wow. a lot of stuff for $10. It is a lot of stuff. Because the wife was yeah. like, I think it's $10. And I was like, I think you're wrong. And then I looked it up. I was like, no, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did that today, right? Right after dinner, we opened those up. And my son is is currently sleeping with Mickey Mouse. Oh. Cool. Okay. Anything else? That's pretty That's good. Cool. I'm happy. I'm excited that you are prepared. Be ready next week for me to say, not much. No, because now, <laughs> now you're going to have your little he, notepad. He blew it all this one right here. <laughs> That's it. Okay. How about you, Jen? Uh, let's see. I saw Eternals. Oh, oh. yeah. Yes, and? opening night. Uh, I did not know a lot about it, and I kind of did that on purpose. Okay. Just because it was, I don't want to, I'm so invested in the previous phase of the MCU that I, I don't want to go in with like a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. So didn't know much about it, went in, very pleased with it. Oh, um, good. I, I would see it again. Um, I liked how everything, you know, the progression of the storyline. I thought the casting was pretty good. Um, you know, everybody is in love with the fact that, um, well, at least everybody that's my daughter's age is in love with the fact that there's a Harry Styles person in there somewhere. <laughs> Harry Potter? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, but, uh, it was it was very good. So that made me kind of happy. And what else did we do? Um, book the candlelight processional and just found out. I don't know if I said that last week or not. Um, just found out that Moana is going to be our narrator. for the Oh, candlelight that's processional. cool. Very so, cool. That is very cool. Wow. excited about that. Uh, other than that, not a whole heck of a lot because I leave in the morning for yeah. a, Disney a Disney cruise. cruise. Yeah, super cool. Can't wait to hear about oh, that. Oh, you week. are? Yes. Oh, um, awesome. Very excited. Exciting. Haven't packed a thing. But Sounds just like me. I'm leaving at 8 a.m. Wow, that's exciting. Have fun yes, on that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to speaking hear about of Disney, it. Speaking of, oh, wait, Joe, you, we, we didn't get you yet. No, that's I was going right. to segue right into the giveaway, but. Oh, well, uh, you know, we can go ahead and do the giveaway. No, I, no, I don't have very well, much. That, that was on my to-do pretty much was I was going to do the, we were going to do the giveaway, right, which you, you can do. And uh, I was also going to talk about us possibly doing a live show in December for everyone. So everyone that's listening, you know, right now, our Patreon members, they're in our Discord. They, we are in Zoom. And, you know, every Wednesday night at 630, we record. So we're recording live right now, right? So our Patreon members are watching. But yep. we are going to do a live show for everyone sometime in December. So, so we still have a little bit more time to kind of, I'll let you guys, everyone know the exact date. But we are going to do a live show in December, like on Facebook, YouTube. Yeah, so see yeah. our beautiful faces. On Twitch, yep. Okay, Chris, you want to go ahead and do the giveaway? What are we giving away today? We are giving away a genuine Disney Cruise Line photo frame. Very cool, too. It is really Oh, wow, cool. the virtual background is really messing this up. So we got, uh, it's got the rope, it's got the anchor, it's got the Mickey ears, it's got everything, and it's going to be uh, one of our Patreon members. 
I don't have a wheel. So I got a wheel. I'm going to go into it. Bring, bring, out, bring out your iPhone wheel. I'm going to spin it right now, okay? Can you hear it? Oh, man. Dane. Dane, Dane. won. Dane. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is, good. this is a good one for Dane. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll enjoy that for sure. So, Dane won. I'll go ahead and message him. And uh, Chris, yeah. I think you might already have his okay. address. Don't you guys like pen? Aren't you guys like pen, I do. pen pals yeah, or something? You can, just, pen pals. you can yeah. just drive it over. <laughs> no need for I mail. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take a couple hour trip out of my day tomorrow. Yeah. And drive it over to him to hand deliver it. So that's the His on Iron Man. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHis65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHis.